When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Milton Justice, and welcome back to my podcast, I Don't Need an Acting Class. I want to interject something that happened this morning, because I find it so interesting how absolutely brilliant Stanislavski was in terms of having all of the elements that are there for an actor. And it doesn't matter whether an actor is asking me a question in class, what do you do when you get sides and you have to do it tomorrow, or what if you do when you have 12 pages of dialogue and you have to do it tomorrow? It all comes back to some very, very basic ideas. I had an interesting experience with Teo this morning because he has an audition, and it was a one-page audition. And I find these really challenging. Greg had the same thing last week. What's interesting to me is how challenging it is to only have one page. Because if I have a whole play, uh, then I have a lot of opportunities. The playwright has told me something. If it's Arthur Miller and it's the late 1940s, I can do all sorts of research. But when you're given one page and they tell you nothing, he slicks his hair back is all that was on that. And he has attitude. I mean, it's like, I'm sorry, what does that mean? What hit me this morning when I was working with Teo is a really important and mistranslated part of the Stanislavski lexicon. There is a Russian word, which I apologize in advance for not pronouncing it correctly, called zadacha. And... It appeared in the original Stanislavski books in Russian. In the early 1920s, a woman who was not an actress, but was in fact a Russian scholar, uh, I think she was even a professor at Columbia, got in touch with Stanislavski and said... I would like to translate your books because I hear you're coming to America with the Moscow Art Theater, and I think there's a big market for it, and I will translate them into English if you will give me, uh, unbelievable, if you will give me 70 years uh, exclusive on the rights to your books, which, by the way, is the reason there were no new translations of Stanislavski until the 1990s. Elizabeth Hapgood took it upon herself, by the way, not only to cut 150 pages out of the first book, but to translate the word dakacha as objective. And boy, talk about a word that has taken off. It's like it's everywhere. It's it's like actors say, oh, what's my objective? This sort of thing. 
The real translation of the word is problem. What Stanislavski was saying is that every character has a problem. Not an objective, but a problem. When I read that, which I read in um, an article from a magazine article from 1987, which I only saw a few years ago, uh, written by Sharon Carnegie, who's the head of acting at USC, I thought, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. It is so much easier to figure out what my character's problem is than what my character's objective is. If I'm trying to figure out an objective, my God, it's like asking my life. What is my life? What is my objective in life? And, and built into objective also is maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. There's something about defining the problem that I find really clear because if you have a problem, you want to solve it. Now I have something to work with. Well, this is what I worked with on uh, with Teo this morning on his audition. In this one page, what is this dude's problem? And it was really clear that his problem had to do with nailing this friend or this whatever it was. They gave us nothing about his drug habit. So, okay, now coupled with that, and this is, this is another shaky area, there's a British director whose name is Declan Donovan, and he wrote a book about acting called Tactics. It's just a word I hate. I mean, I find the word so sterile. But what was interesting, I realized this morning working with Teo, that if you have a problem in a scene, your partner gives you obstacles. I'm trying to do it. You don't say yes. You disagree. I'm trying to get you to do something. You don't say yes. You disagree. Um, but what I do is then is try something else. And so, and in an odd sense, and again, this is sort of like over-specialized, but sometimes in these one-page pieces, it's just easier to say, what is this, what is my problem? What is my character's problem in this scene? And then looking at it and watching how this character changes, if you will, tactics because of an obstacle. The obstacle being my refusal to whatever. It's like I said to Taya, it's like if you're trying to pick up a girl in a bar and she says no. And so then you have to change the way that you approach her. You say, well, by no, do you mean you don't like me or you're not in the mood right now? And then she says, I'm really not in the mood right now. Now I have to change to a different tactic. And so it's, in other words, this solving the problem, it seems to me, can be one of those things that's helpful. And is particularly helpful, I think, when you're looking at these stupid, I'm sorry, that shows a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these TV scripts and these movie scripts and these sides, 
And here's the other thing, and I talk about this so often. It keeps me from making everything the same. I mean, this is a weird thing. This is a really weird thing. I think all of these pieces read like a grocery list. He says, uh, you promised you weren't going to do it before. I didn't believe you then. I don't believe you now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take charge. So if you're not careful, what you do is this grocery list like I just did. And so the grocery list means every single thing you talk about sounds exactly the same because you think that's what the action of the scene is. If I'm constantly trying to get to you, I'm going to use something different. And it's going to automatically give me a different relationship to everything I say without you saying to me, oh, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll do that one loud. I'll do that one soft. I'll do that one fast. I'll do that one slow. I'll do that one with a mood. And so, and yes, it's all different, but it's not believable. What I think Stanislavski gave us was this phenomenal tool to make ourselves believable. And I become believable because I am trying different ways, God forbid, different tactics, but different ways of solving this problem. So the idea behind the tactics is not that there's anything in the script. You have to really understand how little is in the script. Your choices about how to solve this problem is what you bring to the table. That's what makes it different. And I'll tell you something. If you and Greg were going out for the same part and both of you were clear, then I'd have a problem deciding. But most actors don't. They just say the words, they, and it reads like a list, so they play it like it's a list. But that's really the talent. The talent is figuring out what are these. And the answer to the question, which God knows is probably the action, but it doesn't matter. If as soon as I say the word action, I freeze. As soon as the teacher says to me, an action on every line, it's like I can feel my throat clutching up and I can't talk. Because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get there and I'm going to think, oh my God, oh my God, what was my action on the third line? But if I lose all that vocabulary and think much more simply, which really is what Stanislavski wanted, he did not want a vocabulary that became sort of this, this crippling. He, wa he wanted a vocabulary that came out of common usage. And that's where we're, uh, that's where we all keep trying. I think people like use the word tactics because it appeals to him. He's British. Who knows? They were at war with the French. So it, maybe that's, but we're all looking for, for something like that. But your vocabulary is going to be different than my vocabulary. I'm going to, to decide when I'm trying to get this uncle of mine to stop doing drugs, that one of my tactics is to throw it in his face. 
So I'm going to put, because who, know, who the hell knows? It's just, you. I mean, basically the line is, you've promised me this before. You may decide that the line, you've promised me this before, you may decide that it's trying to open him up to his, the contradictions in his thinking. So when you say, you've done this before, it's going to be different than when I say, you've done this before. But there's nothing in the lines to tell you. And it's we're using a different way to try to reach him. And I think that it was just an important thing that I realized today. I thought this is so helpful because Teo's problem is a problem actors have all the time. I got one page of sides. I mean, the reason you got one page of sides, by the way, is uh, it is absolutely true. We can tell in 15 seconds whether or not you're what we're looking for in the part. You think, oh, well, if you wait till I get to the third page, you'll get it. But it's not. Um, I mean, there's certainly other things going on, important things going on. Uh, it came up in class last night. Patrick was talking about how <laughs> he, said, he did well in the audition, but he wasn't totally happy. And so it's something else that we've talked about is having an impulse into the scene. I love the idea of talking out. I love the idea of having a little thing in parentheses. If I talk it out long enough, then the little thing in parentheses, the little catchphrase, throws me into the scene so that uh, I don't just start with the words. And when I told him that, he said, oh, yeah, that's, he said, yeah, there was a little bit of that. The scene didn't start till I started talking. Greg is in the studio today, and he remarked that he was afraid people wouldn't understand what the parentheses was, and it was something that we'd covered in class the other day. Parentheses is really part of talking it out, and it's not complicated. It's just something to mentally, I would say, maybe psychologically, um, throw you into the scene. So Walker pointed out that in his one-man show, we used it constantly because he's talking nonstop for an hour and 20 minutes. We used it constantly for transitions. With Greg, he was talking about how we used it to start a monologue. So let's go back to the example we were using. Uh, this is basically a monologue, or this is basically a scene about somebody who is trying to get their uncle to stop using drugs. So rather than just starting the scene with the first line, which I don't have in front of me, but with something like, you've got to stop. As an actor, you're stuck because then the acting doesn't start till the first line. Whereas, if you've talked it out and have in you, I can't believe we're going through this again. You've got to stop. Then the, I can't believe you're doing this again, is part of what's going on. You don't say it when you start the scene, but it gives you an impulse to go into the scene, and you don't start from nothing. 
Um, I find it so useful. Um, if you're off stage going on stage, and you say, why am I going out there? And it's like, I've got to put a stop to this. And then you walk in and the front first line is, everybody, shut up. But it's at least there was an impulse. I just don't walk in and say the line. I, I think it's just an important part of it. Something is going on when you start the scene. The scene does not start because that's when the dialogue starts. Something is going on. And so the idea of using something in parentheses, a parenthetical expression, is just something, it's like, to me, it's like a great cheat. I'm throwing myself into it before I get to the dialogue. It makes it more human. It makes it more human. If you walk into a room and you have in mind that you need to confront your roommate. It's already going on before you arrive. You don't arrive in the room and then decide it's already there. And so what you see is a continuation of something that was going on before you walked into the room where the roommate was. And then there is this need in fact, uh, Dr. Donovan also says, I don't, I don't think he says it in his book, but uh, I think he said it in a lecture. Some people say, in all these damn catchphrases that people use in acting classes, um, what do I want? Um, he said, no, no, it's not what I want, it's what do I need? It gives me more strength. And I thought that was very good. So there, there is this problem I need to solve. There's an impulse that takes me into the scene. And then I audition, if you will. I try different ways to solve this problem as my partner continues to give me obstacles. And once again, I made acting sound really, really simple. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Director of online media is Evan Sollers, and music is provided by David DeJuice. If you have a question or comment you'd like Milton to address on an upcoming episode, email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for listening.